Welcome. <laughs> Good morning. Okay, you're going to hear a good word this morning, but there are some children that might prefer to do this instead of listen to me. So if you want to go and get one of these packs from Pastor Michelle up the back, she will be able to give you one of these so that you can listen to me while you're doing that. Some kids actually learn better while they're doing things rather than just listening. So that's not going to hurt. I hope they enjoy doing what they're doing. I love the fact that it's actually hot air balloons. Most people who know me know that I love hot air balloons. Been up twice in them and want to go again. <laughs> so as soon as I saw that picture, I thought, what a cool pack that one is. I should be doing it too. Anyway, let's just pray. Father, we just thank you. Father, I thank you that you've given me this opportunity to speak, Lord God, today. Father, I pray that the words that I speak would bring life to this church and to your church as a whole. Father, that it would be um, inspirational, Lord. Father, that it would challenge us in some ways, Lord God. But Father, I just pray that your anointing of your Holy Spirit would just come now and meet with us as we just minister your word in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, if you look at the screen, you can see a... No, back to the first one, please. The first one is actually a picture of a rainforest in Mount Tambourine. Malcolm and I, just after Christmas, had the privilege of spending a week up there. And just down the road from where we were staying, we could just a few hundred metres walk down and into a rainforest, a part of the Mount Tambourine National Park. And the part where we were staying near was called the Palm Grove Walk. And it was just absolutely beautiful. And I was trying to think, what am I even going to entitle this message today? And if back at the first screen where you saw that first part of the walk, it was called Where Are You? And you may not realise till a bit later on why I've called it Where Are You? But looking at that picture, you sort of think we're going to talk about, you know, hide and seek or something, don't you? <laughs> like hiding behind the trees or someone's lost their child. You know, like where are you? But actually that's not the way I'm heading. So you'll need to keep your ears open to find out where are you? <laughs> So when we were going through the walk, like this is part of the walk. It was a walk that took about, well, it says it takes about an hour and a half and it's pretty well straight down a mountain and then back up the other side. Absolutely beautiful. But within that walk, like it had tall trees. It had huge, this is a broken trunk, but it was sort of like a lookout as you stood out through there and you're looking out into the, the more of the forest park and um, just huge trunks. Some of them were tall. Some of the trees were massive. Some of their trunks were really, really wide. Some had strangler figs growing on them. And then you had beautiful, beautiful green ferns. And they were just lovely. And then you'd have pathways a bit like there that had lots of dry leaves on the ground and dead leaves. But the leaves were actually forming a protection over the ground so that the moisture would actually stay in. Then within the rainforest, as you go on to the next slide, you'll see a couple more photos of what we were there. Yep, you can see Pastor Malcolm. He did actually do the walk a couple of times with me. Left me to do it on my own once. And some of those beautiful ferns, the beautiful trees, like you just wanted to be in there. There were running creeks, there were little bridges, there was rocks. Not only that, there was wildlife, as you find in a rainforest. There were little pygmy wallabies. 
I'm sure they spotted us before we ever spotted them because trying to get a photo of a tiny pygmy wallaby was near impossible because the minute you sort of knew that it existed, it had just gone whoosh through the bushes and you think, what was that? And then you might see him just peering around a corner or from behind a tree at you. There were the bush turkeys, you know, they sort of were a bit slower. They just sort of plodded along and were building their nests at the base of some of the trees and sometimes they'd just stand there and look at you. There were birds up in the trees, always still hard to get a good photo. There was kookaburras, there was, um, I don't know, even a turkey sitting up in the tree and all sorts of other ones. I remember once or twice I took, um, to, on my phone, I actually, oh, there were cicadas as we entered the forest. They always seemed to greet us as we walked in and greet us as we walked out. They just seemed to be this one massive section. They were pretty noisy little creatures. And I even, the, all the birds that were in there, like there was one particular one that Malcolm and I couldn't work out what it was, never really sort of heard it before, tried to record it on my phone, but it was a bit tricky, but different noises from birds coming. But you know, at some point during that walk, I remember saying to Malcolm how different every little part of that rainforest is. There were so many facets to that rainforest, from the tiny on the ground to the huge trees to the things that moved to the things that stood still. And each, like some of those things might appear insignificant, you know, a little dead leaf on the ground probably doesn't feel important, does it? Like, or one leaf here or there. But when you looked at it as a whole, it was absolutely stunning. It was just beautiful. And I just kept wanting to go back in there. So I think I did four walks through that particular rainforest while I was away. We did some other ones as well. But I just wanted to keep going in there because it was just so beautiful. You know, it was so refreshing. You just had the fresh mountain air, not like Gladstone, when you have the, the not-so-fresh um, industry air. You know, each tree, each animal, each bird, each creature had its own distinctive feature. And it was actually peaceful in there. Malcolm probably made most of the noise, but um, no, it was actually peaceful. You know, as I said, apart from the birds calling and the cicadas greeting us and the wallabies bouncing and the turkeys just keeping to their own business, it seemed like the life within the rainforest was at peace. And it was just delightful. That's what we could see on the surface level anyway. But I think the fourth time we were walking out of there, up the hill, it was about a kilometre, a bit of a kilometre and a half or something to get back up the hill. I was saying to Malcolm, and we were talking together about it because I'd mentioned about how all those little bits were so individual, yet when you looked at it as a whole, what a great place it was. And we started talking about the body of Christ and how the body of Christ is like that too, that each one has a significant part to play and that in order for the church to function well, then each member needs to obey what God has said, what Christ has said about his body. Now, when we're talking about his body, we're talking about the church. Now, when I speak, I like to use an anagram that helps me to remember the points. So instead of just going one, two, three, four, I normally try and find a word so that later on down the track, if I want to remember my message, I'll remember that word. And each letter at the start of each of those words is going to remind me of what my message was about. So today, the word I've picked is obey. 
The message is about the body of Christ, but it's really about the fact that we all need to obey Christ in order for the body of Christ to function well. Now, there are two facets to the body of Christ. You know, we have Jesus Christ, the head of the the body of Christ, the church as a whole across this earth. You know, we're one little part of that here. You know, there's many parts in other nations that some of us don't even know about yet, but, um, you know, there are other places in the world, obviously, and in our country and in our state that are all part of the body of Christ. And I always think how amazing it is when you go to another country and you're worshipping with them that you know that you're worshipping that same God and that Jesus Christ is still the head of the body. You know, isn't it great to know that Jesus is the head of the body of Christ? I was thinking because he knows all from beginning to end. He sees all. He created all. Like all is within him. From the beginning to the end, he knows it. I was thinking, and then the second part of the body of Christ is like our church, for instance, we're part of the body of Christ. So there are certain facets, just like the rainforest, there were certain sections in there that like there was a group of fern trees together. And then you might see some other type of tree together. And it was all forming the one rainforest. But within those groups, there were still individual components. So we here as a church, like we form part of the body of Christ as Port City. But each one of you as an individual also is part of the body of Christ. So we all need to obey what God says about his body because He's the one that knows all. So in Romans chapter 12, verses 3 to 8, it says, For by grace, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think more highly of yourself, of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each one has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging him, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him, let him give generously. And if it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. So to me today, the O in the word obey is, comes from the word one, one body. Many components, many parts, but forming one body. So just as each of us, in um, verse 4, it said, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So when you listen to that, you know that we're not all going to have the same function in the church. This represents both individuals making up 
Oh, I've already passed that, really. But I believe in order for the church to function properly that we need to find our place. We need to find what it is that we function in well. You know, if you look around the church, if you just have a quick look, gaze across the people here, some of you are going to know straight away where that person functions the best or what their giftings are or how they work well within the church. But there's even going to be some of you sitting there today who are going to say, I don't even really know what I'm good at. I don't know what I can do. I don't know where I should function or what would be the best place for me to be. But in order for that to happen, one needs to be planted as well. So you need, in order to find that place in your church, you need to be planted in it, need to grow in it, and that's where you're going to flourish and function the best. So in Romans 12 verse 5, it says, So in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. So the B in the word obey stands for belong. So we're one body, but all the members belong to one another. So guess what, Joel? You belong to Malcolm. Malcolm, you belong to Tony. So, and so goes the fourth in the sense of us within the church. You all belong to one another. The, word, the definition of belong says to be a member for a particular group or organisation, to be included in, be affiliated to, be allied to, be associated with, but the ones I like are be connected to, that's the one I like the most, or be linked to. Being connected to, so, so important when it comes to being part of the body of Christ. You know, if you belong to a sports group, generally you get involved in some capacity, whether you're the, the person playing the sport or a family member connected like a parent who's, you know, helps with the canteen to raise funds or whatever it is, you know, be the score person or the umpire, whatever it be, you get involved and you support one another. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to support one another as members of the body of Christ. You know, you could just picture it, couldn't you? Like you think of your body. And, you know, I was trying to imagine the other day, you know, let's say my ear chopped itself off my head and it was just sitting over there on the floor. And I'm thinking, I wonder what that ear could do. You know, could that ear hear? No, it would just be a bit of cartridge, really, wouldn't it? Just be sitting there. Or if I chopped my leg off and just put it over there or it just walked away and separated itself from me, will it be any use over there all by itself? No, because it can't operate without the other members of the body. You know, our bodies are such an intricate, intricate human being, it's almost hard to imagine even how it works or operates. But, you know, we know the church is made up of so many diverse people, aren't they? We look at our church here in Port City and we have so many people from different cultures, you know, but we're all one body. doesn't matter what colour our hair is or what colour our skin is or whether we're missing teeth or whether we've, you know, lost a toe. We're still members of the one body. 
and we still belong to one another. You know, have you ever bumped your little toe? Anyone know how hard it hurts when you bump that little toe? Or how painful it is when you have a toothache, especially in the middle of the night and you're trying to sleep and you can't? Or this elbow here? Anyone ever worked out why they call it your funny bone when you bump your elbow? Because it hurts. Well, just on a little side note, I found out why they call it your funny bone. Because I wanted to know. So, it's got a nickname because of the funny feeling you get after you hit it. Not sure why they call that a funny feeling. But, um, but in actual fact, it isn't actually a bone according to what I read, running down the inside part of your elbow is the ulnar nerve and this nerve lets your brain know about feelings in your fourth and fifth finger. So, when you hit your elbow next time and you remember the word funny bone, just realise though that this elbow has an important function and that important function, part of that nerve in there, is to let your fourth and fifth fingers know what's going on. So, just a little bit of a side note there. You know, but we know, don't we, even those tiny little parts of our body, like in human body, when one little tiny bit is hurting and it can affect the whole of our body, can't it? I know when you've got a toothache, you know, and you just can't sleep, your whole body doesn't sleep. Or when you hit that little toe, if your foot hurts that much, you know, you can't walk properly or it's bruised or it's injured. Obviously, there's more serious injuries, but I'm just picking on the little things this morning just to say how those even tiny little things that might seem insignificant at the best of times, when they're not operating properly, can make a major difference. But it's also the same, isn't it, if a member of the church is honoured. We can all rejoice with that person. We can be excited with them. You know, as a parent, when your child graduates and has their prom, you know, you're excited, don't you? You get excited. You're happy for them. You, you rejoice with them because they finally finish school and you don't ever have to go school shopping for school books for them ever again. <laughs> especially when it's the last one out of your family. <laughs> or when your child gets married, you know, you're excited, you get dressed up, you go to the celebrations. They're part of your family, they're part of your body, but they're part of this body as well. So it's exciting to be able to rejoice and celebrate as well. Or when someone has a child, even here, we celebrate, don't we? Like, I know lately we've been going up to a few ladies in our church, giving them hugs, congratulations, we're here having a baby soon. How exciting is that? Do you know, the body's growing. Their body's growing physically. The body of Christ is going to be growing as well. Isn't that exciting? That the body of Christ can grow. And we're all a part of it. We're all connected, we're all members, one body, but we all belong to one another. You know, in a few weeks' time, I'm going to India, so is Kerry, and we're going to be speaking over there. But do you know what? The people, the ladies that we're going to be speaking to, they're still part of Christ's body. 
You know, God's taking us for here for whatever reason. I haven't quite worked out yet. Maybe just to challenge us. Or maybe to give us an awareness that the body of Christ is so much bigger than sometimes we even realise. But we're all part of that. You know, we can go over there. We can encourage those women that need encouraging and pray for those that need healing and pray, you know, need prayer. So exciting that God can take one part of the body and put it in another place in the world and still connect like that. But knowing back here that we're still part of this part of the body of Christ as well. So there's one body. We all belong to one another, to each other. But in that body, we need to exercise the gifts that Christ has given to us. We can sit in the church. We can come and we can go. We can listen to whoever's speaking. We can walk out the door. We can go home and just live our life. We can go to work. We can come home. We can eat dinner, go to sleep, blah, 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 blah. But that's not what the life of Christ is wanting us to be like. Because a body is alive, isn't it? A body is living, it's growing, wants us to be growing each day. And in order to do that, we need to exercise the gifts that we've been given. You know, we all have, in Romans 12, verse 6, it says, We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. If these areas come naturally to you, then it's very likely that you've possibly found your place functioning in the body because God gives us gifts and when he gives us a gift, usually it's something we can function well in. Now, sometimes, you know, they're saying a square peg in a round hole. You know, I think sometimes we are that person, the square peg in the round hole, and sometimes we actually have to fill in somewhere and we don't really feel like that's where I would normally be or what I'm good at or what I feel comfortable doing. It's not to say you could never do those things, but in order to flourish, it's a bit like be, bloom where you're planted and grow well and develop well in it. So sometimes we even need to ask God, what is it? What are the gifts that you've given me? If you don't know that answer to that question yourself, sometimes it's even worth asking a friend or someone, you know, what do you think I'm good at? Because it's amazing sometimes how blinded we are, isn't it, like with ourselves. Sometimes we don't want to actually admit that we're good at something. Sometimes we feel like that's a pride thing and that, you know... But when you know that you're functioning in what God has called you to do and the gifts that he's given to you, the body of Christ is going to do so much better. You know, I can look around here and I know straight away that there are people who I think are brilliant at teaching. 
People who I know can serve so well. More than I ever do, that's for sure. <laughs> you, know? you know, we might do it a little bit, but we know the people who just do it constantly, just humbly, and they just know when to help out and know when to do. We know the people that have um, that compassionate heart, the one that can show mercy to people where I might struggle to show it. We may not know the people who are generous givers because often a generous giver can actually do it quietly without letting anybody know. But there are some people that you will know just because of the nature of them. You know, hospitality. You know, the gift of hospitality doesn't come naturally to everybody. But if you've got that gift, use it. Use it to God's glory. Use it to enhance the body of Christ and the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 to 28 says, Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. And in the church God has appointed first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then workers of miracles, also those having gifts of healing, those able to help others, those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different types of tongues. So sometimes I think in our head we think that the gifts are just, you know, pastors, teachers, apostles, prophets, etc. But there are so many other gifts. As you read the Word of God, looking at that, you know, the gifts of healing, you know, the gifts of administration, the gifts, like I said, of hospitality. There is something that everybody can do. You know, Michelle was talking earlier about children's church and how, you know, there are so many things out there that people can be doing. So if you're not a teacher and you don't feel comfortable teaching the children, there are certainly, if you're a, a server or a hospitable person or something like that, it's pretty easy to go out and help set up morning tea or bring something for the children to eat. It doesn't necessarily mean... God is calling us to do hard things. Sometimes it is, though, obviously. 1 Peter 4, 7 to 11 says, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. You know, sometimes you can invite somebody over for a meal or something and then next day you've got busy and then you think, oh, now I've got to do that and I've got to cook this and I've got to do this. <laughs> I have to confess I'm not as been as hospitable as I like to lately, but it's my goal this year to be more so. And have, oh, I'm always saying to Malcolm, we need to have so-and-so over. We haven't hardly spoken to them and they've been in the church for so long and we need to get to know them a bit better. <laughs> but words isn't doing, is it? It's easy to say, but we have to put it into action. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others gracefully, administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone is speaking, he should do it as the one speaking, the very words of God. And I was interested when it said, if anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides. I thought, isn't that amazing? He even understands that serving probably physically is actually using up more strength, physical strength, than actually teaching. 
To him be the glory, power forever and ever. Ephesians 4, 11 to 13. We've pretty well um, read it, but I'm going to read this verse as well because of the end of it. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So as you can see there, there are certain people in the body of Christ that are here to teach, to train, to do things like we said, so that you can all go out and be that person functioning in your role where you best fit. And if you look at the areas that we've been speaking about, most of them fit into two areas. One is speaking, one is serving. Even if you're doing administration, in a sense you're serving. Obviously if you're up preaching or teaching children's church or something like that, in a sense you're teaching. If you're prophesying, you're speaking. You know, if you're laying hands on someone and you're praying for the sick, to me, you're probably doing a bit of both. I mean, you're serving in any way and capacity, but there are specific ones that are more pertinent to serving and more pertinent to speaking. And if you're not sure where you fall, you need to ask God. Ask God, what is it that you want me to do? So we have the one body the body where each one of us belongs to one another. Within that body, we need to exercise the gifts that Christ has given to us. Now then the question comes in regards to you. The why stands for you. Where do you belong? Where do you belong in the body of Christ? Where do you fit into the body? What are you doing within the body? Because you are a significant part. You are a significant, vital and important part. And without you functioning in the body of Christ, the body of Christ is not actually functioning to its best capacity. So God wants to show you where you belong. He wants you to be aware of where and how you can actually function. And as I said, if you don't know your giftings, ask God to reveal them to you. And if you haven't, if you feel like you haven't been functioning to your full capacity, I know I have some years where, you know, you're enthused and excited and then you have a year when so much is happening that you tend to step back and you don't necessarily function as well as we could. I guess it's a bit like a car runs well and then when something goes wrong... You know, it sort of hobbles along and gurgles and makes noises and goes a bit slow and can eventually come to a halt, which we don't want us to do, do we? We don't want the body of Christ to come to a halt. But I was thinking, you know, if you feel like that, you might be a person who feels like you were moving in the gifts that Christ has given you, but then now you feel a bit like the battery running out of power. You know the ad where it used to have the Ever Ready Bunny always going longer than anybody else? And then the others were like... You might feel like that. 
But God wants to restore that life back into you. Can I just ask the music team to come back up, please? And Kate, if you could play that second last song that we were singing, that would be great. So here are some more photos of the rainforest we were in, the Palm Grove Walk. You know, it's, why was I so drawn to walking in that rainforest? One, a rainforest generally rains a lot. So because of that, it was filled with fresh life. Because of that, the rain had rejuvenated a lot of the plants and regenerated them. And it looked revitalised. And because of that, I felt invigorated. I loved walking through there. It just seemed like everything in there was working in unity together. Now, that's not to say there were some little creatures attacking others or plants. But what we saw was unity and beauty and life and the components working together to form this most beautiful, beautiful place. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to be that person that draws people to Christ. I want, you know, sometimes like a bonfire, you sit there and you watch the flames and you're just mesmerised by them and you're looking at how they change and what's happening. And if it wasn't, if it wasn't that you knew you would burn yourself if you got in there, you're almost drawn to go closer and closer to it. Or like a waterfall where you sit at the bottom of it and you're watching the water coming down over the rocks. And you can just stand there. Well, I can. Or sit there for hours. I can sit and watch a waterfall for hours. How the water just changes as it comes over. And then as it hits the pool at the bottom, you have this lovely, calm pool at the bottom. But it's so refreshing. You just sit there because it's refreshing. And the water reflects the beauty and you want to be taken into it, just like I wanted to be taken into the rainforest with its lush undergrowth and beauty, where, you know, I was sheltered in the shade by the tall trees and the palms. I felt sheltered. I felt safe in there. Now, I know there can be some dangerous things in a rainforest. Four times I walked through it and didn't see a snake, so I was very grateful for that. I've been through two rainforest walks in my life where a, tree, a snake has dropped right in front of me from a tree. So I was half expecting that to happen and it didn't. I praise God that I got to enjoy it without. Malcolm came out with one leech. Not meant to take things out of a rainforest, but I don't think he realised till he'd actually got out. I didn't even see any the whole time I was in there. But, you know, it was just because it was beautiful, because it was welcoming, because it appeared like everything in there was functioning well together. And we want the body of Christ to be like that. So as Port City Church, we want to be like that. We want to be a church where people are drawn in because of the way the members of the body of Christ are working together the way that we care about one another. You know, if you know somebody is hurting, you go and you comfort them. If you know somebody is in need of a meal, give them a meal. If you know somebody is lonely, go and speak with that person. If you know someone is in financial need, you could be the one to fill that need. They don't need to know even where it comes from. 
But, you know, people are drawn to things like that, aren't they? People are drawn to things that are alive and bright, vibrant, refreshed, rejuvenated. In Psalm 133, it says in verse 1, How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. And in verse 3, it says, For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Don't we want to be that church where we are so unified because we're all functioning in the gifts and the place that God has placed us? And not just functioning in it, but being aware we belong to one another, being aware that we are a part of this one body and that Port City is a part of the one body across the world governed by Jesus Christ. How exciting is that? That you, sitting on that one little chair today, is such a significant part in the body of Christ. Now, you might not feel significant. You might be sitting there going, I'm just me. I can't do anything. I don't know where God wants me. Do you know what? God wants to show you today. I'm going to be praying for people shortly. I want to pray for two things. I want to pray if you're a person who doesn't feel like you know your giftings or where you should be functioning, I want to pray for you that God will reveal that to you because I know for me that I used to feel like that. And I would sit through a message like this and go, but Kate, she's brilliant at music. Look at her. She's up there. She plays the piano. Thank you, Kate. She's amazing. You know, we see people up here preaching. You know, we see Pastor James and we see Pastor Malcolm and we're going to see Pastor Michelle tonight. And we see different people share communion and we look at them and we go, or the offering like Jeff today and go, wow, I couldn't get up the front and speak. You know, God might not want you to get up the front and speak. But you're probably that person who invites someone over for lunch every Sunday after church and we don't know about it. You're probably that person who knows when there's a sick person in the church and you're praying with your heart of hearts that they get healed and that you go and take a meal over to their family. You could be any one of those people. You might be the person that's just amazing at encouraging someone, another person. You know, I love it when someone comes up to me and encourages me because I'm actually not always... I don't feel like I'm real good at that, at doing it for others. Now and again, I do it. But some people are just great at it. And how good does it feel when someone comes and encourages you and builds you up? We all need that now and again, don't we? So I'm going to be praying that God will reveal to you where your giftings lie. So when you leave here, go and pray and seek God. He may show you while you're standing here, but if he doesn't, go away and ask God, show me, Lord, where do I function best? What gifts do I have that I can use to help the body of Christ? And the other thing I want to pray is just for a refreshment like I said, I went into that rainforest and I felt so invigorated because it was so refreshing for me to be in there. I didn't want to come out. 
The fourth time, I went down once without Malcolm one afternoon because I just wanted to be in there. It was just such a beautiful place. You know, a few mornings a week, I walk here at the fitness trail. Did it this morning, early this morning. Not quite the same as the rainforest. (laughs) Hasn't got the beauty that Mount Tambourine had. It didn't have quite the refreshing of the beautiful palm trees giving you shade. So today, if you're that person, you know where your gifts lie, but you feel like that you've just been a little worn out. Life has just made you tired. Life has just buffeted you and you feel like your gifts have been set aside. And you want to see them come to life again, like the ever-ready battery bunny. So this morning, I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to sing together. And then I'm going to ask for you, first of all, if you're not sure where your giftings lie and you want prayer to find out, if you want prayer, come out here, come out the front. Don't wait, just come while we're singing. And I'm just going to pray very quickly. I'm going to lay hands on you and I'm going to ask God just to reveal to you what your giftings are. After that, I'm going to ask another group to come out if you want to be refreshed and revived by the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God so that the body of Christ, if we obey what God says to us about functioning in the body of Christ, the body will grow. People will come because they're going to want what you've got. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you. Thank you that we are one body. Father, I thank you that you, Jesus Christ, are the one God, the true God, the one who is head of this body, that you know it all. You've seen it from beginning to end, just like a bird's eye view. It can look rough to us down here, but calm to you up there. So I just thank you today, Lord, that you are here. And for those that don't know, Father, where they stand, I pray for those, Lord, first of all, if you have never received Jesus Christ into your life, if you have never, ever asked him to become a part of your life, you have an opportunity right here and right now to do that. So all I can say is that Christ is the way. He wants to fill you with purpose. He wants to fill you with life. I'm not going to say it makes life easy because it doesn't necessarily, but it gives you a purpose. And he wants to take away the agony, the pain, the heartache, the hurt. And he wants to fill it with love and compassion and kindness and care. So if you've never, ever invited Jesus Christ into your life and you would like to do that now, I'd like you to just raise your hand and I will pray for you wherever you are. It's up to you. Christ wants you. He loves you. He cares about you. I'm not going to prolong it. I'm just going to give that opportunity. If you have never asked or received Jesus Christ into your heart, now is an opportunity to do so. Okay. Well, as we sing, first of all, as I said, if you want to find out, if you want God to reveal to you where your giftings lie and where he wants you to function. Come out now, come quickly, and we're just going to quickly lay hands on you.